Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. As uh, in our last episode, we talked a little bit about how uh, we would be talking about the purpose of the wilderness. How many of you guys have ever felt like, man, I'm in a wilderness season? You guys have heard this Christian language or this churchish language that's like you're in a wilderness, which is like a dry season. Um, it feels like a season apart from God. It feels like I'm empty. I'm yearning. I'm like a deer panting for water, that kind of feeling. And then you have these like mountaintop experiences with God and you live like your life looks like this, um, a, a, par- a parabola. Is that what they call it in geometry? A little, little thing that goes dips up and down. It looks wavy, guys. It looks like a roller coaster. Roller coaster of emotions goes on when um, we live like that. And we don't understand the purpose of the, the wilderness, which is actually to prepare us um, in life to become overcomers. So using David and Saul as uh, an, our example, we're going to get into a little bit of um, the purpose of the wilderness. Why is it that you are going through a wilderness season where you feel distant, apart, and not connected um why is that why is that that you're experiencing that and i just want to let you guys know that many of the greatest uh people in the bible have experienced a wilderness type journey um particularly uh abraham when he left um he had to experience a little bit of a wilderness moses for sure 40 years in the wilderness um david experienced the wilderness Job had his wilderness experience when um, God allowed Satan to kind of do whatever he wanted except kill him. Um, Solomon, I'm sure, had his wilderness experience. Uh, All the prophets, I'm sure, had their wilderness experience. And so um, we have to understand that God is training. That is a place of training. And then, of course, Christ, Jesus, had his wilderness experience. And God um, trains people up in the wilderness experience, but we're going to be focusing particularly on David and Saul, and uh, we're going to get right into it, guys. It's 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 thick, it's deep, but it's super important for you to understand if you want to learn and grow. Um, to yeah, to um, to overcome, to overcome. That is what it's all about, guys. You overcoming, and you being an overcomer. Um, there are three types of people in this world. There is those who uh, do not yet believe. There are those who believe but who do not overcome. And then there are those who believe and who do overcome. Uh, you, as a believer, should strive to be the third person. So before David could rule as a king in Israel, God had to train him in the in the wilderness for many, many years. And so, I mean, a lot of people look bad on, on King Saul, which of course, you know, dude kind of took a, a real hard turn towards the end. Um, but King Saul uh, was the reason that David was able to become an overcomer. Had it not been for him, uh, David would not, um, David probably wouldn't have been an overcomer. David needed to go through what he was going through um, in order to learn how to love and show mercy and show justice and submit himself to the to God. Um, now, we have to understand something very important. And I know that this is going to get into some of the feast days. And so you have to understand the feast days and the importance of these feast days. In our last episode, we talked a little bit about um, God having appointed times. He has perfect appointed times. And um, we should understand that Saul, 
uh, was crowned on the day of the wheat harvest. And this is a day which is later called Pentecost. Pentecost, the day of the wheat harvest. And if you guys want to read about that, it's going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 17. And this was the same day that the priests offered to God the new grain offering of wheat, signaling that the wheat harvest was here. And um, the priest would do that according to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15 through 17. So Saul is a prophetic type of the church under Pentecost. Now, what you have to understand is that Pentecost was a leavened uh, feast, which it had leaven in it. Okay, which means um, the leaven represents in a very pure um, way. It represents sin, sin, uh, sinfulness, um, wickedness, bad doctrine, bad leaders. That is what um, that is what these that is what the church represents and under in the Pentecostal age. And so the Pentecostal age, we have to understand, was from um, was from Jesus's from the time of Jesus's death, his resurrection from the time of Acts chapter two to about um, 1993. And I'm going to give you guys those numbers here in a second. So um, just to clarify, Saul was a type of the church under Pentecost. David was a type of church under the tabernacle's anointing. So remember, there's Passover, Pentecost, tabernacles. The two kings that we see in 1 Samuel, David and Saul, represent two types of the church. One type who was anointed under Pentecost, the other type who was a prophetic type who possesses the anointing of tabernacles now obviously we know which one of these kings is better uh because one of them was chosen by the people the other one was chosen and anointed by god right so the um conclusion that the writer of this book has come to and that i myself has come to also is that the pentecostal age began in acts chapter 2 when the holy spirit fell upon the believers right king saul his ministry was 40 years. Remember, uh, King Saul, his ministry was for 40 years. And uh, it was 40 years from Jesus' ministry to the Roman War that destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD. Do you guys know that? So Jesus' ministry started in 30 AD. He was killed and resurrected in 33 AD. 30 plus 40 years equals 70. And in 70 AD, um, that was when Jerusalem was destroyed. And eventually, uh, Masada was taken in uh, 73 AD. So um, let's, we're going to take a little bit of bit, uh, take a second. We gotta, we're going to look at this from a bigger and broader picture, okay? It was 40 weeks of years or, or Sabbaths, 40 Sabbaths or 40 times seven years from Jesus's ministry to the fall 
of the pagan Roman Empire in 310. So you guys know a Sabbath year, uh, you know, they have, uh, so a Sabbath is, is seven days, right? Every seven days there's a Sabbath, but they have Sabbath years too, which is every seven years, okay? And so 40 times seven, uh, that is to say um, Sabbaths, 40 weeks of years, Sabbaths, uh, there were 40 times seven years from Jesus's ministry to the fall of the pagan Roman Empire in 310 AD. 40 weeks of seven years is 280 years. Jesus began his ministry in 30 AD after John was cast into prison. 40 quote unquote weeks later uh, was 310 AD when Constantine conquered the Roman Empire. Jesus was con- was crucified in th- 33 AD and the day of Pentecost came about 7 weeks later after uh Jesus was crucified. 40 weeks or 280 years later brings us to Constantine's edict of Milan that formally ended the persecution of the Christians. All right, so on the broadest scale of measurements, it has been 40 jubilees. So what is a jubilee, right? A jubilee is seven times seven, right? Seven times uh, seven Sabbaths times seven. And um, it has been 40 jubilees from the events in Acts 2 to the year 1993. Fun fact, I was born in 1993. Um, 1993 A.D., this 40 cycles of 49 years. It's 40 times 49 years. I know this is a lot of numbers, guys. Just kind of stay with me here for a second. This is an introduction. We've got to lay the foundation here for a second. At some point in time, um, I probably will go over this again just to make sure that we um, understand it a little bit more clearly. Um, so from uh, 33 AD, which is when Jesus died, resurrected and the holy spirit was put out uh, poured onto the disciples from 33 AD to 1993 AD this is 40 cycles of 49 years there have been 40 jubilees 40 jubilees so and a jubilee is 49 years so 40 times 49 which is a jubilee that takes us from 19 that takes us from 33 AD to 1993. I'm really sorry. This this is very thick stuff, guys. Very thick stuff. Okay. That being said, it is time for a new move of the Spirit. It is time for a fuller uh, portion of the anointing, a greater portion of the anointing. You know, the anointing that was given in, in Pentecost when the, the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, do you know that that was only a portion of what um, of the anointing? that it wasn't the full measure of the anointing and that there's a greater anointing um, that takes place in the Feast of Tabernacles. And those who will rule in the coming age, that is the Tabernacles age, these are those who identify with King David rather than King Saul. These are those Christians who are not merely believers, but they are believers who have overcome. And there are many people who are like Saul and they fear the overcomers. They fear these people who are overcoming and learning the truth. Why? Um, because they 
want to rule. They want to rule with lawlessness. Look at Saul, how he wanted to rule, and he was um, and he was evil, and he was selfish, and he wanted to rule with um, his lawless purposes. Um, and so they fear the overcomers, and they want to force them to run for their lives into the wilderness um, outside the denominational structure. Such people and denominations are called to help the overcomer learn total dependence upon God and to hear his voice. So when people run you out of church for asking questions, when people um, push you out of their denomination because you don't fit, because you're not acting like us, you're not praying like us, you're not speaking like us, um, these people are called to help the overcomer learn. They're called to help you learn complete and total dependence on God and to hear his voice. The Saul's in the church right now have a very, very sacred calling. And the Davids in the wilderness training owe them a great debt. And so as much uh, spiritual um, pain that you've experienced, as much um, spiritual abuse that you've experienced, as much um, of that stuff that you have experienced from Saul, from the Saul's of the church, we who are overcomers who have been um, experienced those types of things, we owe them a great debt. We owe those souls a great debt. Why? Because they're teaching us. They're teaching us how to um, how to overcome. How to overcome. So Saul was called to be a great king, right? After just one week's notice in First Samuel chapter ten, verse eight, and God didn't take time to train Saul uh, because he was of the tribe of Benjamin rather than the tribe of Judah. Now, we have to understand, when we understand the birthright, that the birthright, the, the scepter, the authority, was to be given to Judah. It wasn't given to Benjamin. Um, and it was God's will that Saul be a king and even have a perpetual dynasty. But it was God's ultimate intention that Saul should fail uh, because it had already been established from the beginning who the true uh, king would be and from what tribe he would come from. So the church under Pentecost, in the same way, in the past 2,000 years, was begun mostly by Jesus' disciples who were from Galilee, right? 500 years earlier, the tribe of Benjamin had settled in the villages of North Jerusalem. And we see this in Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 31 through 36. While the tribe of Judah settled in villages south of Jerusalem. So you have Benjamin in the north of Jerusalem. Judah in the south of Jerusalem. And we see this in Nehemiah 11, verse 25 through 30. So by the time Jesus was actually born, Galilee housed most of the Benjaminites, while Judea uh, was home to Judah. When Jesus chose his disciples from Galilee, he was choosing men of Benjamin because the Pentecostal age was soon to come. This is an amazing fact, guys. He was choosing men of the tribe of Benjamin. You know who else was from the tribe of Benjamin? A guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Crazy, isn't it? Who is that? It's Paul. Paul was a Benjaminite. He wasn't a Judahite. Because the Pentecostal age was soon to come. So even Paul, Saul, was a Benjaminite. We see this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Pentecost was the day the new Saul company was crowned king. 
And even as Saul was a good king throughout his first year and into his second, um, so also the church reigned really, really well in the first century. That is, in the first jubilee cycle and into the second. They conquered men by love and with the power of the Holy Spirit, the disciples, the apostles, um, and their disciples. And strong enemies were smitten by their tongue, which was sharp sword that could divide the soul and spirit, distinguishing the thoughts and the intentions of their heart. And we read this, um, of course, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. They didn't need physical arms. They didn't need the force of physical arms. They didn't need uh, a, a physical sword because they had a more powerful sword. So no amount of persecution could conquer the church, though many were martyred. Uh, first by the Jew, and then later by Greeks, and then by the Romans. Um, but as they passed in the time, the Saul church disobeyed God. Just like Saul started off really well, later in his life, he started to disobey God. And he refused, the church refused to repent, as King Saul did in his second year. In First Samuel uh, chapter 13, verse 1, he refused to repent. So God eventually forsook Saul, and he came uh, and told Samuel to anoint a new king, and this king would be David. So that's a lot of information, guys. Um, I'm going to stop right here, and we'll, we'll read on uh, and continue on learning about the purpose of the wilderness here. And um, yeah, and as we continue. So blessings to you guys, and uh, in our next episode, we'll, we'll continue on this. Uh, see you in another episode.